Hi, this is Dr. Lee Piccarello inviting you to tune in to The Head Game, a must-listen show for athletes and coaches of all levels and ages. Mindful Athlete Training in Newtown, Pennsylvania is a mental circuit training program that prepares the athletes to perform at the highest level of today's game. Athletes get into the zone faster and stay there longer. Oh, it's game on, 8 o'clock for a Friday, with or without you. We're in the arena of ideas and answering questions, questioning answers. Dr. Lee Piccarillo and Jess Ferdinand. Thank you, Foxy. Thank you. You're welcome. How are you doing this morning, Jessica? I'm okay. You're okay? Just okay? Just okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're not really a morning person, are you? Um... Is, can we can we can we make that I, you know I think statement? it goes by the seasons. Oh, it's okay. So Summertime, like when, it's easier. Yeah, when spring yeah. comes around, I think I wake up a little. Right. I'm. I always wake up happy, but it's like it's harder for me too. It's good to know that you always wake up happy. <laughs> that makes me happy. I have a little routine, like my cat jumps on my bed. It's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Takes you a while to, to warm up, as it were. Right. You need some some warm up. Yeah. See, in the spring and summer, I think of you of like the um, the sundresses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're a big sundress person. Sundress with the sandals. Yes. Yes. That's your look. <laughs> yeah. That's your, that's your spring, summer look. How can it not be? Well. If you were a girl, I think you'd wear the same <laughs> I guess. Gee, I dressed up as a girl one well, year at Halloween. Wow. There you I go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, it's another show for another time. It is. Yeah. yeah I, was, I, I thought I was all in committed. I thought I was ready. I was in grade school. I think I was in fifth or sixth grade. <laughs> and uh, I went to my mom. And I said, you know, I think it would kind of be really cool to just go in as a girl. Did and, you wear her clothes? Um, I did. I went all in, uh, full face of makeup. Like, my, <laughs> my mom, like, really took it to heart. And I got all ready. And I took a one look at my complete makeover version in the mirror and completely lost it. Wow. And, and just <laughs> a this, wong fu moment this, over this, there. Huh? <laughs> this, this, this wave of panic came over me, and I was like, there's no way that I can go to school like this. Mm. And I totally, I totally bailed. Mm. I backed out. What did you end up being? Um, you know what? I've kind of blocked it out. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of like the last minute Halloween costume. Like yeah. you say, like no, that's ridiculous. Like I'm not going to go. Like a like, nerd. You know, no. Like or then you just come up like, yeah. what can I do? Yeah. Like you know, I know. I'll I'll, I'll grab a sheet and, and make two holes in it and put it over my head, and somehow that's cool. Yeah. I don't remember what I ended up going as. Um, my but brother's yeah. go-to was uh, the Ninja Turtles. Yes. He was a ninja. Michelangelo. Do you know which you know which turtle he was? I don't Ra- know which turtle he Raffaello. was. Raffaello. That was the other Leonardo one. Leonardo was Le- Leonardo. And um, Raffaello, Michelangelo, and there was a fourth. Donatello. 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 Look I at never you. even watched the, the little Ninja teenage turtles. ninja mutant, mutant turtle. <laughs> I grew tribute. up with people who did watch it was them. More like Barzini, Corleone. So our discussion today oh. is all about the old school mentality, wise beyond years, and how can we? We're going to try. That's right, and we're going to get Foxy's help to define the old school mentality, and what exactly does that bring to the own to our very own head game that we play each and every day? How important is the mental maturity in these young athletes that we look at that we watched this past Sunday um, do so well and 
if we're looking at the different types of factors that play into this label as being a more mature performer, can we actually put our finger on some of the intangibles that contribute to that? And when you think about old school thinking, what are the negatives, the stereotypes that are associated with that? Is it cold? Is it callous? Is it insensitive? And we're going to take a deep dive into that. If wisdom is a character trait of the old school mentality, what other traits best represent the overall concept? And what lessons can teach wisdom? If you learn wisdom early in your career, does it stick? Is there any guarantee that it's going to stay around? And when you think about team sports, football, basketball, baseball, our own Eagles, Sixers, Phillies, do you need to have an old school coach or a veteran teammate model wisdom to learn it? But before we get into all of that, we're going to go to our segment of Who's Got Game with Jess Ferdinand. Thank you. You're welcome. So the candidate for this week um, was Patrick Mahomes. I was going to say something else, but it's really there's nothing else to say. It's Patrick Mahomes, the Super Bowl MVP at 24. The reason for... Youngest ever. Yeah. I think Tom Brady was the second youngest now. I think was he the first youngest since Patrick? I think they coupled Super Bowl and regular season MVP together, but not in the same year. But something along those lines. NFL is Lamar, right? Yes. Lamar Jackson, which will be interesting for the conversation. It certainly will. So um, Patrick Mahomes... The, his his candidacy started to come to me when I was watching them. I think it was towards the end of the regular season. And that's when he started to start coming back from really detrimental, not leads. <laughs> A dislocated knee. Yeah, uh-huh. like he had, he had some things going too. on. Yeah. And they played the Titans. That was one of the, the real eye-openers when they were down 24 nothing going into halftime, and he came back and won. So... The things that I started to notice was how calm he was. He, he did not show any type of reaction towards the negative situations that were happening. And then even more so, and, and I'm trying to remember his age, at, too, like he's 24 years old, it's his third season in the NFL, and he's going to these veteran people on the sidelines, his team, and he's saying, let's go, let's get pumped up. Like we, we got to take one, his whole thing is one play at a time, one play at a time. And, and you know, so I was, I, I've been watching that, and then, Something interesting happened. Lamar Jackson, who is the MVP of the NFL, who's really good, um, he gets down in a situation kind of similar to what Patrick Mahomes like apparently thrives in, and he just outwardly in his playoff game. Yeah, that's when it happened. Oh yeah, there was a playoff. Yes. Yeah, it, so it, was it was the game a, they lost under. Yeah, and he he completely just he was reactive. You could see him like almost pouting. He it compl- the moment completely took him. He did not let, he did not defeat the moment whatsoever. And then a little, I think it, maybe this is playoffs then, if that was playoffs, because then Aaron Rodgers, who's a now a veteran, he's really um, someone that people look up to in this type of field. And he, same type of thing, he was down. I don't remember exactly if they won, but I remember him giving a good, like it, it kind of similar to Patrick Mahomes. It didn't really bother him. You could see like he's been there before. So those kind of the things that were going through my head and then of course I start thinking about Russell Wilson and his mental coach and we've talked about that a lot on the show with the neutral thinking yes because Patrick Mahomes um, he kind of mentioned something 
how he doesn't like to stay, you know, if they're down, he doesn't like to thrive on the negative, and if he's too ahead, he doesn't like to be too positive. So I, I think he's kind of in the same ballpark with the mindset as Russell Wilson, which is, I think you, you kind of, you put it into words better than I have. You know, well, the neutral thinking. Well, I, I think it's, it, what I think it's is happening is there's more of a movement to not judge experience as good or bad, right or wrong, but this mm-hmm. idea of neutral thinking, yeah. which has been conceptualized by Trevor Moad. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last I, name That's correctly, how I would say it, Moad. Um, who uh, has been in the industry for a long time, has known Russell Wilson the extent of his career, yeah. who just wrote a book, uh, It Takes What It Takes, uh, which was released just this uh, this week, earlier this week. Monday? Yes. Um, and it's predicated on the notion of trying to encourage a mindset that he identifies as neutral. He uses the analogy of a car of before you either are, are when you're starting or stopping before you need to go to the next gear you need to go back to neutral so it's a mental pause mm-hmm. that you're taking with a lot of reflection of not identifying or coding we'll say an event a play an experience as a good one or as a bad one because then it's allowing you to stay more in the immediate moment uh, in my opinion, it's really a, 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 a slant on mindfulness, which I know Trevor makes abundantly clear that it's not. Yeah. But I think the core principles are the same. And yeah, it's, it's to be present. To be present, correct. Mm-hmm. And that without judgment, which is really the cornerstone of mindfulness, is what he's calling neutrality. Because if you are assigning it as good or bad, he also goes on to say, we know that positive thinking... Excuse me. We know negative thinking always leads to bad results, but there's no guarantee that positive thinking leads to positive results. And that's an interesting slant on things as well, because that's also another slant that he's taking on traditional mental skills when you think about self-talk and how this notion of driving yourself as an athlete to the next level is becoming more of a mental game, which goes back to our discussion of wisdom. And can you achieve it? Uh, Russell Wilson is one of those characters that have been anointed very early, even from his Wisconsin days around the time of the draft, that he had that element. Our own Carson Wentz was ordained as such coming out of North Dakota State. It was, yes, about his size and the strength of his arm, but the very early reports on Carson Wentz was his maturity, was his ability to have a presence about himself. So our discussion is more about where does the wisdom come from? If we look at wisdom traditionally as life experiences that are encouraging more reflection and hopefully wisdom and sound judgment become more synonymous. They become part of the yeah. same sentence. When you think about the, a wiser person, I think the stereotype goes to an older person or an old school yeah. mentality. Where does that come from? Is that learned? Is that acquired? Can we adopt it sooner in life? And how do we go about the steps or the stages? 
Mm-hmm. Um, when I personally think about wisdom, and maybe this is something that we can kind of circle the wagon on and come back to, I think there's two very specific types of how you become wise. I think there's an active and a passive path. I think the active path, pa- active path is the individual who is constantly going out and seeking and searching new experiences to learn. They're putting themselves in uncomfortable situations. They have more of a growth mindset that's strongly associated with the more that I acquire new experiences, skills will follow. Therefore, I become more confident. I become more sound in my decisions, thus deemed wise by others. The other path is a passive one. And I don't think this is an active, excuse me, intentional path of passivity, but I think there are many, many experiences where people's situations, whether it's the size of their family, how they were brought up, their life experiences when they're younger that they can't control, that have literally encouraged a performance of sorts for them to bear witness. Yeah. Right? That you have no control over because it's happening to you. If you come from a large family, if you are the middle child, if you're the oldest, if you're the youngest, based on life experience, if, like we spoke last week, if you experience tragedy or loss or the idea of sculpting your behavior comes far much sooner to you in your life because of things that are more emotionally driven. This is the passivity that encourages wisdom because by default, you're absorbing all of those things. So I think there's active and I think there's passive. I'd I'd like you at some point to kind of think about that and weigh in. So when I'm thinking about um, Patrick Mahomes and putting him into this equation, is it possible that the first thing that came to my mind was he was passively active in the process of becoming, if we do think he's wise in his young life, because... So explain that. (laughs) Hear me out. Because um, he was a very, very good baseball player. Yeah, I think he had a fastball uh, up, up at around 95 or 96. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was heavily recruited, wanted to be drafted. I think he was drafted, Jessica. I do, too. Yeah, That's why was. I have my laptop here to try and fact-check some things. But um, he, So my point is that he was a really good player, a really good baseball player. And he kind of, you know, I think when, when players, when athletes, when anybody is doing... There, there's something I know that there's something special with doing one thing and getting really good at it. But when there's people who, you know, are coming from different perspectives, like he wasn't a football player, so I think this he kind of is coming into it humbled in a way. He's not like I was the best in high school, I was the best in college, and now here I'm at. He's like, you know, I'm still trying to feel it out, and I think that's what's coming towards his um, more humble outlook on it. And that, and you know, but it's funny when you watch him play. I'm gonna shift a little bit but he throws like a sidearm pass sometimes yes it kind of shows his baseball roots mm-hmm. which i think is kind of funny yeah it's more of his uh turning to shortstop or second yeah. base uh three-quarter arm pivot which all of those uh qb coaches out there that are trying to establish sound mechanics are not particularly happy <laughs> father was, but that's just natural father was drafted too. by the twins yeah yeah, yeah so yeah, he played. I think he played a while. Yeah, Minnesota, uh, Mets. Like over ten years. Yeah. But then here you think about another element of maturity and wisdom, having a professional athlete as a parent. Right. It's a quarter past the hour, and you know what that means. We're talking today about wisdom. 
We're talking about old school mentality. And I need to get my boy to weigh in on this one. Because he's got KPA, the Kalinowski Performance Academy, rocking and rolling. He's got a ton of amateur athletes. He's posting left and right. Of He's a beast maker. Hashtag beast maker. <laughs> and he's overall good guy. It's Coach John Kalinowski for Coach Cal's Corner. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, doctor. How are you? I'm and, good. Yes, Foxy. Everybody well? Everyone's well, man. We're, uh, we're trying good. to push through a gloomy Friday. Yes, it's not snowing, but gloomy Friday. And uh, just trying to be warm. Yeah. I, I, 59 je- degrees. Just as positive that it's going to be. She's, she's a positive. She woke up happy. She announced that earlier. And uh, I, I said, I, I was, I would imagine that she always wakes up happy, which makes me happy. And that's, 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 a K, that's a KPA influence on her. That's what it is. Positivity. <laughs> if it's just, it flows out of the parking lot, man, onto Edgewood. I mean, it just, it's everywhere. It's like, it's like a, there should be caution tape up everywhere because the, the positivity gets so deep. That's yeah, right. you, have, you have to slow down, man. It's, so uh, watch out for the electricity. Our conversation today, Cal, is all about wisdom. Wise beyond years, the old school mentality. Is it an old school mentality? And as as per usual, trying to stimulate and get the very best version of Coach Cal, I put together some questions for you. So we're just going to get into it, and I want to hear what you have to say. Let's do it. Um our candidate this week of who's got game is Patrick Mahomes. He's the Super Bowl champion, the youngest ever to achieve that milestone. Uh, they were showing pictures from him at Texas Tech and his journey through the pros. And it's a, uh, a rapid rise to the top. And then when things like this happen, aside from athleticism, people are constantly looking for an explanation as to why. What is it about Patrick Mahomes other than his athleticism? We talked earlier of him being a very successful baseball player. He was a pitcher. He got drafted. His father was a professional baseball player, played for the Twins. In your opinion, Cal, when you think about performance and you think about these characteristics of wisdom, what traits do you think are needed I think uh, I think you have to be humble. I think you have to be a good listener. I think you have to be coachable. Um, I think you want to have. I think you have to want to get better. And as you both have pointed out, it appears as though he knows that um, he has room to grow. He is not very affected by his stardom. He's not affected by all the success he has. Um, I think also what you, from a characteristic standpoint, you have to have that never quit attitude. Um, and, and if you just watch the, if you only watch the playoffs with him, you saw that, uh, you know, when things got tough, he got tougher. Um, and uh, it led to a lot of their success. And I think uh, with that same train of thought, it can be, becomes contagious. Um, people believe in you. So it's not even just for the individual, but everyone around you as well. And obviously, that's very important being a quarterback. So when but, things um, get tough, a lot. when things get tough, he got tougher. Yes. Why? Would you say why? 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 What do you think goes? What do you think goes on there? 
I think, you know, part of it is, again, how he was reared. Um, he had a very positive influence with regard to having the opportunity of having a, a, a father who was a professional athlete. But um, along those same lines, I think it's uh, a, a big testament to what you guys do as well. Uh, it's very easy for a lot of individuals in those types of situations where things get challenging or things aren't going your way to kind of cower or overthink a situation, lose your flow, get out of your zone, um, press too hard. Um, he just got, you know, and it seems like he got into his groove. And, um, you know, there are many things that you do with our athletes. There's many things that you do with your clients um, that just greatly enhance that. I think it's the fact that he not only focused on his overall athleticism being a multi you know athlete a multi-sport type athlete but also he worked on his mental game as well um maybe it's that he's um not as impressionable maybe it's also that uh he just does not allow himself to get so flustered that it causes a decline in his performance uh but in either case he has developed skills he has developed an ability to take very difficult situations things that uh, where things are not going his way and turn it around to this is what we need to do. I'm going to go out there and do it and just keep trying to make it happen rather than, you know, pressing too much, overthinking it and, and causing it to be a distraction for him. Cal, if diversity of life experience helps develop wisdom, can you get wise without it? I think you can get wise without it. Um, I do. I am a big believer in exactly what you said, that your experiences can gr- create a lot of wisdom, and you don't always appreciate it initially, but later on, um, things kind of start setting in, and, and it happens in any facet of your life. I mean, just as a parent, uh, you realize that you have created more wisdom based on your experiences. But um, I do think you can create wisdom if you are the type of person that, if you didn't personally experience it, if you are very observant and you learn from other people and that you're, you're uh, surrounded by the right influence, I think you can get uh, wisdom, yes, without personally experiencing. So when you think about wisdom, if you can acquire it without that um, diverse life experience, I think the, the norm that we as a group of people, a society, when we start to think about how people establish wisdom. I think it's it, it, the, the strong stereotype is associated with being older, right? Yes. Um, because they've had more life experience. Therefore, we right. make the assumption that, well, experience must equate to something that we don't have. But then there's notion, this notion of wise beyond your years. When I say that to you, what do you think of that's encouraging that phenomenon? The first thing that comes to my mind is maturity. Um, so I think of maturity first. And then beyond that, it goes back to what I was just saying. I think it is, you know, the environment that you're in, the people that you surround yourself with, uh, your willingness to be observant and learn from the experiences and the things that you witness. Um, it's very similar to when I, you know, discussed with my students about doing their internship. You're going to gain so much more knowledge and, and skill and wisdom 
by being in a setting that you want to possibly work in, by observing what the people that are in those positions or in those roles are doing. And you're learning from other people, um, not so much that you're having the experience, but you're seeing the value of you know what they're doing and, and how they're conducting themselves. So um, in a situation like this, when we look at a Mahomes, I think that is a big part of it because a lot of people will say that he's, you know, wise beyond his years or he's more mature. Again, I, I think it was because a lot of it had to do with the environment that he was in, that he seems to be the type of individual that, you know, didn't, uh, he kind of just sat back and kept his mouth shut, learned from things rather than always talking. I think people who, who talk too much don't learn enough because they say a lot. And there's, a, there's an old saying that, you know, man who, who, who talks too much says nothing. Um, I think, you know, from this standpoint, if you if you observe, you learn, you become wiser. That's a wise statement right there, man. Man who talks too yeah, much right? says nothing. Yeah. That's yeah. deep, man. What did you pull that out of your your uh your jar of proverbs over at KPA yeah. that right? Are, are those That's the, are, exactly it. <laughs> are they the little messages inside the uh the free lollipops, man? Yes, yeah, so all our subliminal messages. Yes, I enjoyed one of those free lollipops last night, by the way. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, uh, we're getting close to Valentine's Day. So I wanted to thank you for that, man. I, well, thank you for that little sweet treat that it was unexpected. <laughs> but I did not know there was a proverb inside. Yes. Yeah, I it's like that, man. So you were just defining maturity as being a key element yes. of this wisdom, right? And one of the clips that we're going to be listening to later in the show actually breaks down what I'm just going to call the equation of immaturity. So I'm going to rattle off some of the characteristics of immaturity, and I'd like you to weigh in on that and how maybe you see this in some of your own clientele, and maybe we can talk a little bit more about what we can do about it. The immaturity equation, four elements. Are you ready? Reactivity, being vain defensive and playing the role of the victim thoughts i like it and, <laughs> it's and a I pretty good one isn't it yeah that's a that's a, a short list but in a, i think it's an accurate list right um yeah i do think you know all four of those when you think about immaturity yes yeah people will be overreactive they will be defensive and and i think some of it like yeah you know, we have said in the past is they're not confident in themselves they see that you know someone may be better than them, um, but yeah, the, the immaturity of it. Yeah, you, you you say things that you shouldn't say. You do things that you shouldn't do um, instead of just processing a situation and and maybe either moving on from it or growing from it. Uh, I think that's a, a a great list, and you do see it sadly at all levels. It's not just no, the, it's the not. amateurs that we see. You see it at the professional level. You may even see it in a president of the United States. But uh, in either case, um, yeah, that's a, I, I like the list. Whoever made it, I, I give them kudos, and um, I think they're right on. The, the vain part is something that I kind of oh, yeah. chuckled at because when you think about uh, immaturity, then you go to the prima donna which uh, many months back we did the psych profile of the prima donna, and I don't know if um, vanity was in there, but it certainly should have been, because when yeah. you think about someone who is more full of themselves, I think of Terrell Owens doing sit-ups at the end of his driveway when he was a Philadelphia Eagle, and then crying as a 49er after he scored the touchdown in the playoffs. 
um, and then further coming to the aid of Tony Romo, you're talking about my quarterback. <laughs> in tears during the press conference where he got very defensive. I think while a brilliant athlete and an overly pronounced ego that he shouted to the world, you're really talking about a very immature individual. And perhaps that's changed. Hopefully that's changed later in his life. But I think that that was a huge element for him, a factor for him that really got in his way. Cal, last question, and hopefully it's the best one. In today's world, if younger players are doing well sooner, Thus they are wise. Is this good for the game? I think, yes. I I think it's good that they have some successes because it can be a motivator. However, I also am a big believer in that failure helps strengthen you maybe beyond a success. Because when you get to a point where you are not the the best when you become you know get into a situation where your team is not succeeding hopefully you have the right individuals around you and you have the ability to take a look at the situation and grow from it and when i say grow from it it doesn't mean that you may win again the next time but that you took something from that situation and that you are able to better yourself or that you are better you're able to better your team so I do believe in the strength of failure, but I also believe that success is an, a great motivator for a lot of people. I, I think if you're constantly knocked down, um, especially at a young age, it can be debilitating. But success, yes, it's great. It can be very positive, positive for the sport, positive for the individual. But I, I do believe in the power of failure. Well, in the, in the post-football uh, season, that uh, the era that we have to endure for uh, a number of months before pitchers and catchers arrive in spring training. I think that uh, a lot that you have to say, Cal, is beyond your years for the types of athletes that you work with and the product that you generate. So I thank you for that wisdom, brother. And uh, as, as per usual, for your knowledge and your passion, the head game thanks you. Playing second half coming up. We made the adjustments. We continue on, Dr. Lee Piccarillo. So we're going to go right to our first. Okay, we're going to go right to our first clip. It's Patrick Mahomes. Um, they say he turned it on late to win the Super Bowl, but it's all about maturity and wisdom. And then with Mahomes, you kind of you know, I li- listen, a similar situation. It seems like he feels that way and plays that way because that's hard to do. I right. mean, like, I think in some sports, and you know, maybe it's a little bit different in basketball. Right, but, you got but one as guy. a quarterback, when you're playing uphill the whole game and it is not going well, it's hard to turn that around. And I think there was even a moment he missed Sammy Watkins kind of over the middle, mm-hmm. and I even thought, he, you know, you saw him look up at the big screen. Like I thought he was aware of like, well, this isn't going well. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not throwing the ball the way that I'm, I'm used to throwing the football. But to turn it around, that's hard to do, and. You know, to think he's come back in every playoff game this this postseason. Right. Every single one, including the biggest one. Pretty impressive. Yeah. So the interesting thing that I found was um, 
probably for the first time, as, as long as I can remember, this past year, I did not watch any postgame. Um, I, I really? Was, yes. I was kind of tapped out um, the way that the day evolved leading up to the Super Bowl. Um, I, I guess I'm officially getting older um, because, as I've mentioned many times, a big part of my experience is the postgame analysis uh, which is going to align with what I saw, me being a, a former coach in my own way, obviously a former player. I didn't watch a lick of postgame. And in anticipation of the show and talking about Patrick Mahomes as our, our head game candidate, I wanted to go back and see what people had to say. And the mass majority of the media are all in agreement that Patrick Mahomes did not have a good football game. That's the interesting thing about all of this. And what for they're saying is for the most part of three quarters and change, yeah. he didn't play well. And when if you watched with your own eyes, aside from who you're pulling for, uh, his first interception was horrific. Uh, it was a bad read. It was a bad throw. His second interception was a byproduct of poor throwing mechanics because he sidearm slinged it and threw it behind a slanting Tariq Hill, putting it on his back arm, which led to the deflection. He missed wide open uh, safety valve back out of the backfield routes early in the game, just missed them. He didn't play well, but yet maintained some semblance of what we will forever call Super Bowl MVP mentality, which is character, which is poise, resiliency, mental toughness, and in honor of today's discussion, really embodied an old school mentality of hang in there. Andy Reid went public and said he pulled him aside late third quarter and said, just keep slinging it. Not a, a moment of hesitation. Just keep doing what you do, kid. And he did, and he found his way. And even though the infamous third and 16, 50-yard completion was not a good football that he threw, he really just chucked it 50 yards down the field. Fortunately for the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill was so wide open that he could pivot and catch it almost like a punt, which led to a first down, momentum, a touchdown, thus history. Yeah. Something that jumps out to me, especially while watching the game and now, you know, reviewing back and listening to analysts talk about it, was how he was able to adjust in real time in the game. Like when they were talking about he's looking up at the scoreboard and he's aware of how he's playing and he's able to understand that he's not playing well, get over it and say, okay, what do I have to do to get better for this next play? Like all in... In, in in the biggest sports right. spectacle, arguably on the planet, yeah. with the most people watching, yeah. with the greatest stakes at hand, yeah. as, as the uh, I think it was uh, Hasselbeck who was speaking there. It's really really hard to do. Yeah, and on top of it, with all of that pressure, there's another added pressure that was on him, and I think that the whole team wanted to win for Andy Reid. Yes. And that was, I'm sure that was just in his mind. Like, I want to win for me, but, you know, I want to do this for coach, too. Especially being a very young player 
I think this is just my observation. Younger players that are very gifted tend to gravitate to the older, wiser coach, especially with Andy Reid's history. He had had the, prior to the Super Bowl, the most wins as an NFL head coach without a Super Bowl victory. And I think that that was a a big part of the storyline all week long was, is is Big Red going to finally get his trophy? So I think that's an outstanding point that you make. That's, but again, it's another thing that he had to Patrick Mahomes yeah. process and deal with. And then you think about wise beyond your years. Is it just the mere fact that his father was a professional athlete and maybe gave him some separate mental advice around the dinner table when he was growing up that allowed him to do that at age 24 in the Super Bowl? Is it something else? Is it built within the DNA? Go back to what I said earlier, the active versus passive route of how you come to this life experience, and therefore, what does it do to you? Yeah, I'm starting to think of ways to figure that out in my head, and I I already talked about Patrick versus Mahomes. Another duo that that really comes to mind that almost reminds me of this type of situation is Derek Jeter and A-Rod, because... Derek Jeter was, it actually reminds me a lot of Patrick Mahomes, although I realize completely different sports, different times. But, you know, Derek Jeter was kind of this poised player who had a set goal in mind. And he, he same with Patrick, he had a good father, a good family. Um, he had some, tra- I know Derek had some tra- uh, tragedy happen. I think his sister went through cancer when he was playing in the minor league. So, and then when he gets to the bit, he always, he's like, his goal was to play for the Yankees. And he got there. And then you had A-Rod, who was more of a, arguably a better talent than Derek Jeter. I don't think it's an arguably thing. I think he was better than um, Derek Jeter. But the character showed through, and that's where people were like, and I think you kind of see that here. Like, the, the new thing is going to be Lamar versus Patrick Mahomes. I really see a lot of similarities, actually. Uh, the the parallel between yeah. uh, for the for Jeter the, and A Rod and yeah, in general and Lamar for the topic at hand, right? Yeah, but again, so uh, uh, and I, I think it's good to find other examples of that because when you think about how people go about their business. Derek Jeter had that air of wisdom very early on in his yeah. career. And maybe it was because he was a tad bit more conservative. Maybe he wasn't as flashy. A-Rod came in with a lot of uh, bravado, you know, a lot of clout, um, and had no problem wearing that that suit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But when you think about in different sports and different approaches, the old school mentality, if it's being introduced, whether it's be a parent or a coach... Or even the philosophy of a team or an industry. You're thinking when you think old school mentality, what NFL or franchises do you think of? I think of um, the Patriots. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you because I think that's more of a byproduct of your age. Yeah, I gravitate to we got to get Cal back on the phone. The Steelers. Mm. That's old mm. school mentality. Giants. Giants. Packers. Packers, Lambeau see. Field. See yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. You think of Patriots because of their success. <laughs> what the hell's think, yeah. going on out here? <laughs> I think of their coaching. And, okay, yeah. but I think Bill Belichick, yes. Patriots, 
eh, not so much. That's just my overall feeling. I'm thinking about the organization. Yeah, the now, culture. Grant, yes, the culture. Mm-hmm. And where is that being taught? Where is that being... What, what instruments are being used behind closed doors from individuals like a Bill Belichick or like a Vince Lombardi, right? Or like a Lamar Hunt, when you come to the old school Kansas City Chiefs who won their first Super Bowl in 50 years. I find it interesting, quick side note, that that was actually more of a secondary story, I think, in the media versus Andy Reid winning his first yeah. Super Bowl. They hadn't won since Super Bowl Four. They did um, slightly mention it. In oh the yeah, beginning. it kind of and then it, it, then it just came up. But Andy show. But it's the culture you think of the Chiefs that I think in the East Coast we can't really connect to as well with the Kansas City Chiefs culture because anybody in and about that area, if you've ever been to Arrowhead Stadium, and my wife has been to Arrowhead Stadium, she has said to me many times, you think it's raucous and it's intense and and fans know their football in the East? You should see Arrowhead. So it's about the culture that's been developed. I remember probably a couple of years back, we highlighted Lamar Hunt, and I read from the the, the base of his uh, commemorative statue outside of the stadium. It's very powerful stuff. So when you think about this old school mentality, and is it, if in fact it's promoting the concept of wisdom, is it coming from a wise person? Because they've had the life experience, because they've experienced the diversity in their life, or is it something greater? Yeah, I, I thought that early on too. Is it like the nature versus nurture type topic always coming out? I did have a question though that I've been thinking about, and I kind of want to talk about it. Which sport, just in general, sport do you think still holds a strong that old school type mentality? I, well, for me, I'm just going to say football because yeah. I'm a football player at heart. I grew up in a football family. I told you, my father, my grandpa, my grandfather played football in at Muhlenberg in 1925. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm coming up on on a hundred years of that being part of my own culture, right? Of my own organization. So I gravitate to football. Yeah, Foxy. Some in baseball, the back back in the day when the uh, families owned baseball teams, the Yankees mm. and everything else. But then when the new wave of owners came in, not so much. Uh, Steinbrenner, Ted yeah. Turner, they they weren't just sportsmen who were doing it as a lark. They were doing it for business, business. and that it became. A business and it became more aggressive. That's sure. an outstanding point, though, when yes. you think about how yeah. the culture of sports has evolved into yeah. billion dollar business. I think that has much to do with how the cultures get impacted of these organizations. But again, too, I gravitate to the Steelers. When you still look at the the original family that's yeah. been involved, three since, coaches in 50 years. There you go. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. And yeah. The, and even in the down, Bill Cower had a couple of six and tens. Rooney's never wavered. He's still the coach. He's the coach. And it, it ended right there. This is who we are. This is what we do. This is our brand. Yeah. I think it's, it, it, again, but now based on our discussion, the old school mentality, promoting more wisdom sooner rather than later. Is it trickling down? Is it trickling down into the athletes? Patience is another one that's not there anymore. Yeah. That's because it's, it's the you know, win yesterday mentality, yes. which goes back to the business. Right. I, I really think of, I, I'm keeping with the football sport, and I'm thinking of college football. I think they really, 
their culture is pretty still set on where it was when in the beginning. I, I think of places like um, Alabama. Like they just when you come in as a player, you're you're like this hot shot, and he kind of just whips you into shape real quick. He's like, "This is our culture. This is who we are," and that's when I think of the type of old school mentality. It's just in the veins of everybody there. Like they just know it. I couldn't agree with you more. But the first thing that I went to, which is probably a sad state of our cultural affairs, is the pay to play act, <laughs> and how oh, that yeah. and how that's going to change all yeah. of that, and which goes back to Tim Tebow. And remember, we heard from him on a prior head game and his mm-hmm. passion about how you need to keep the professional element of paying to playing out of the college game. Yeah. When you look at the cathedrals, when you look at the hundreds of thousands of people, when you look at the, the weekends, the tailgates, the surrounding events, entire towns are infused. So now it's the old school mentality question is it trickling down to producing a wiser athlete, fan, individual? Commerce. Yeah, unfortunately. You know? Is mm-hmm. it producing wisdom? Are we benefiting from that old school mentality in those places where it's still alive, where it still thrives? I think it's a really good question to ask. Foxy, let's go to number two. This is a Cowboys wide receiver. Um, Mr. Gallup, and he's wise behind his years, and it's all based on his life experience. Gallup walks, talks, and acts like a man wise beyond his 22 years, but much of that stems from his upbringing in an eclectic household. I got a brother and sister from India. I got two brothers and a sister from Africa. My birth mom, she's from the Cayman Islands, but I was born in Atlanta. And then my adopted parents had two kids of their own. But I mean, we, we had people from, we had uh, kids from everywhere. But at 10 years old, Michael Gallup had to become the man of the house when his adoptive parents divorced and his father left. Obviously, you know, it wasn't a fun time or anything like that, but uh, it, it definitely told me to, you know, bring on a bigger role. You know, you got to help with stuff around the house when mom can't do certain things, and then your sibling as well. Uh, me being the bigger, bigger, I was the youngest, but I was always bigger than most of my siblings. Uh, you know, I'm just looking out for him, uh, being, a, being a little big brother, I guess. Together with his mother, Gallup raised the family. When you think about some of the comments that he's making, I knew nothing about That's what Gallup's I was just backstory. Say. I had no idea the diversity of how he was raised, where he's from, um, the the cultural uh, impact that siblings had, um, and he felt he had to make it. He felt he had to make it. Yes, he, and what's so interesting to me is that he brought up his physical size. I think psychologically that speaks volumes. Yeah, he's the little big brother. Yes. Of, of what mentally he, and physically yes of what he felt he needed to do it, I find it so interesting so now it's a, he, he's literally um, identified as wise beyond his years mm-hmm. but he's bringing so many different reasons as to why it goes back to the diversity of experience life experience being very uh, in many instances for him passive out of his control that was almost force fed to him. I, you know, I th- when I, I like I like you said, I had no idea about this. Maybe because he's a cowboy, just to yeah. put that out there. We didn't really care too much about their stories, but now I'm going to look at him a little bit more. And this yes. was, I think, a few years ago. So he's he's really coming to who this he, when he is. Was, this is when he was a rookie. Yeah. Yeah. This is when they highlighted that story yeah. with him. Remember Ryan Matthews? Yes. 
saying it was homeless for well not homeless for but bouncing from apartment to apartment his, his mother was teenage mother and bouncing all over the place and living in the back of a car every once in a while just trying to make it through school and he said i had to make it and he got a got a uh a college you know scholarship and and made about eight years in the in the pros he was hurt a lot but his mother you know it was he said i had to make it had yeah to. it was it was it's ordinary people doing extraordinary things when your multiple choice options of yeah. life are restricted to one yeah. then you really have no choice it's a great story yeah you know you hear a lot of those stories too like there's there's a ton of them now that um, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. I, I don't I should have um, took the name down. I don't remember the player, but he used to work in the concession stands at the Chiefs Stadium, and now he just won a Super Bowl and he has a ring. Like it, it, you hear that all the time, and it, it makes me think. You want to? I want to believe that it, there's something to do with because it makes more sense that there's something to do with the way that you were brought up, the people who you were around. But it ha- it's it's that person. It's the individual's character and how they perceive everything. Like who the story that you just brought up, he really had nobody around him, and he said, "I you know this isn't what I want. I want to be better." Yeah, it's the ownership, and some uh, see it a little differently. Like Mark Cuban sees it way differently than somebody else, and it's always a inclusive, little over the top. Uh, he said, if they're playing and staying in the best hotels, eating the best food, having the best training facilities, I think that would per- that would uh, be good with results. He's a guy that's he's a big thinker. Yes. I saw this new Carolina Panther guy, too. I think we're paying $60 million for an untested coach, that's, that's, a, that's a big leap of faith. It is. Yeah. And it's also predicated on rules, um, yep. Tem- his own path yeah. Yeah. of what he's done and how he became such a, a player's coach at Baylor. Yeah. And how he turned that program around. So Ooh. I think that's more based on the evidence of what some people are looking at, what they've done before they've arrived, as enough to support that leap of faith. But I want to go back to your point just a, a minute ago of how you're, 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 you're making comment on all of these stories we're hearing more and more of people who are coming from a, uh, a widely diverse background that are making it big. I want to flip the script. If that is almost a prereq for wisdom, what happens to all the people who don't have that experience? You mean people who are... Are they, are they living um, unwise? Like people who are just... Um, people that, that have... Fortunate enough to have... People a, that a have a stable background. People well, that's that why I brought up Derek Jeter. A stable uh, home environment. Yeah, but what is it about in humanity that we pay closer attention oh, yeah. to the person who used well, to work in the Chiefs in concessions who now just won a Super Bowl. You know, Bowl. I think it's it's a good story. It's something that's like, wow, look at that guy. Beating the odds. Yeah. That's I think people, the human race, really like those types of stories. And we would take that over a story of, wow, this, of Patrick Mahomes, his dad was a professional baseball player. and he, he But it's still shining through a little bit because... He's doing it on his own now. Like it, he's doing it on his own, his but show. to my point earlier, my question with Cal is he's doing it younger, sooner. Yeah. And is that a good thing? Because while I agree with you that it's a good story, I think the larger point is humanity aspires to tell those stories to give us hope. Mm-hmm. Hope that anything is possible. Hope that resolve can help us persist through any dilemma. So while it is more out of the ordinary, we gravitate to it because of the larger 
message that it provides for us. And I think that's the very thing that makes us wise. It's the comfort in knowing that we can come into the knowledge of someone else's journey, learn from it, and then collectively we build upon it. It's Rudy is what it is. Rudy Rudiger. That's right. First, to go, it, first I, to go to college. I think it's standing on the shoulders of giants. That's what I was told when I was younger. I was told, I, this might be why the way I am today. The things that I was um, getting instilled in me is it kindergartner and first grader um i remember my dad telling me uh what's the quote it's when you teach a man to f- you show him i don't you yeah. give a man a fish and he'll yeah. fish for a day you teach a man to fish and he'll fish for a lifetime that's the type of things that i was getting in response in like second grade mm-hmm. <laughs> so i you know i think i i think the overall question for me right now is would you say that patrick mahomes is a wise player or is he wise beyond his years I think gut instinct. I think Patrick Mahomes is wise enough to project that he is wise beyond his years. And what I mean by that is when you look at his sideline, passionate, collective moments with his teammates, Mm -hmm. I genuinely believe him. Yeah. I believe that he believes. But I think... Because, more than likely, of his upbringing, he knows it's a really, really good idea to portray that to his teammates to further anoint himself, not as the quarterback, but as the leader. Hmm. I see it differently, I think. I kind of see it as him being actually authentic. Yes. I think, and I think that shows his age. I'm not suggesting that he's being disingenuous. Are you I, saying he's doing it subconsciously? Like, yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying that he's playing Is a part. Is everybody doing it subconsciously? I'm not like? saying that he's playing it a part. I'm saying that based on his experience in his life thus far, he knows that the quarterback should be the leader. Yeah. And therefore, mm-hmm. when there are moments, he's grabbing that thunderous opportunity yeah. and slamming it to the ground saying, hear me. Yeah. Just like... I think that's how I define his wisdom. Yeah, like Gallup, he kind of felt like, because I'm this bigger person, I need to be taking care of the family. Yes. The same type of situations, just in different circumstances. Whereas many, many people, even in the pro ranks, do not assume that responsibility as the team leader because they're the quarterback. Yeah. Would you say Lamar Jackson is a team leader? No. Me neither. But I also have heard clips of him on the sideline where he is congratulating teammates i don't see lamar jackson gathering his team with something very important that he has to say at this stage in his career does that mean he's not capable of it no 23 right which goes back to age and wisdom beyond years where does it come from and to what degree are you sharing it if you got it And now, Dr. Lee's Mindful Athlete Minute brought to you by Volvo Country with locations in Princeton, Bridgewater, and Edison. Wisdom is the experience, knowledge, and good judgment that comes from it. One who obtains wisdom becomes wise. Is it wisdom that we find through heartache or pain? Does the path we travel have to be riddled with obstacles for us to achieve this great knowledge that otherwise will escape us? If it's the road traveled with stops along the way teaching us life, 
The lessons make us wise. What have we really learned? The truth is, while wisdom to most is an age-old practice that requires countless experience, promoting values that sculpt our life position and attitudes and behavior that are admired, there are different paths that can lead you there, active and passive. Active is just that, stirring the pot of life, creating new experiences to test the waters, learn and pay it forward. Passive is a passenger, bystander, or dinner guest who gains knowledge by observation silently, but no less intrigued by the lesson. So when we see or meet someone wise beyond their years, their way of being makes more sense. Now, experience, knowledge, and sound judgment are not the prerequisites for wisdom. These milestones are not mandated. Wise and old, no longer the same. Together, they have always made us comfortable, but perhaps it's time that now pulls them apart. My name is Dr. Lee Piccarello, and that's my Mindful Athlete Minute.